Good evening and welcome to this week's edition of Editing Aloud. With me, to, with me today, I have a senior and most prominent business journalist in the country, as well as uh, Ray Hartley. <laughs> <of> <laughs> we have to single him out as our political honcho here. And Ray, I want to start with you. Um, in coalition politics, uh, there's yeah. a question about South Africa. We're heading into that in that direction. In the past, uh, local government elections, now we're kind of seeing the unfolding of the problems when it comes to coalitions, mm -hmm. especially when there's no marriage at all of ideas, right? What's your take on what's happening in uh, Pretoria and uh, Nelson Mandela Bay with uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Trollope? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's uh, two years is a long time in politics is yeah. the line that <laughs> I did in my financial <laughs> mail piece. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, then there was Jacob Zuma. Jacob Zuma united everybody else. Yeah. Mm. So even the DA and the EFF, which you think about it now, and usually coalition mm. partnership, mm. they got together. Metros. Um, and along with some other smaller parties in in Nelson Mandela Bay, but and formed these coalition governments. And yeah. now two years have passed. There's Cyril Ramaphosa. Mm. He's made a lot of overtures towards the EFF. Mm. He's invited Julius to come back into the fold, and he's swallowed up land. Yes, the whole debate policy, mm -hmm. and um, and now it's a different ballgame. Mm. And so see on their own, on but with the other parties, yeah. are wanting to, or may have, thrown uh, Ethel Trollope out of the mayorship there, DA. They want to, because there might be a court case. Yeah. And they could do the same tomorrow mm. in China, yeah. where they have a majority, a slim majority, if they get together. And if they wanted to, they could do the same in Joburg, mm. except for the fact that Herman Mashaba has somehow He's got been something very, going. very politically savvy, as yeah. it turns out. Mm -hmm. And he's consulted with the EFF on everything that he's done and brought them in on the decision-making. And they're quite happy with him. So given, uh, given our structural problems, structural fault in the country, is coalition politics a way to, of us dealing with all, all the fundamental problems with the SA economy? We, keep, we, uh, we discuss here every week, week in, week out. You know, uh, Ron, there's, yeah. there's somebody who said uh, dumb politicians themselves are not the problem, mm. but the problem are the people that keep voting politicians. Okay. And that is exactly what you are dealing with here. Yes, okay. You have, in Port Elizabeth, a hard-working mayor with a hard-working party that has got 2.2 billion rand in the bank for the municipality today, uh, got the, the credit ratings for that municipality to be the highest in the, in the public sector, triple A. Just for the accident of his birth, uh, Philip, uh, what's his name? Trollip, a white man, something he could never do a thing about. He's out purely because the EFF has got absolutely no idea, no idea, completely bankrupt. Mm. They, they, they want to do. Mm. Two years ago, Trollip was good enough and great because to be mayor. Zuma was there, right? They Solim was Simang, the anti-Zuma vote. Yeah. Yeah. Solim Simang was a great black in the DA that they could really yes. And him and Mashaba, they didn't want. But as, as two years <laughs> is a long time. Two years is a long time. Two years is a long time. Yeah. Now, I repeat again, mm. it's the dumb people that keep voting for dumb politicians that are the problem. There's absolutely... 
no clue, is it, no vision, this is no unfair. idea. This is unfair, but the, uh, the politicians are, this is a, politi a political... Well, politics is not fair. If yeah. you say this is unfair... So you can't right? calling the, the people who vote for them. They voted two years ago, so now this is the politics unfolding without... Politics unfolding, and guess what? The tragedy of the whole thing, other than the dumb politicians mm. that are voted by dumb <laughs> The biggest tragedy is yeah. now uh, the voters mm. have just been reduced to spectators. Look, yes. uh, look at the at, uh, at the valves that have been uh, uh, made. That is the people of Port Elizabeth. Yeah. Andy Lungisa is a convicted criminal. As a start, what is the vision other than that we are cutting the throats of whiteness? What are they looking for? Fair enough. Uh, look, you. You, you, you've lived I mean, 10 years and you, you live in a coalition, UK, uh, governed by Labour, and who was the independent Democrats? So you've seen, I mean, we, we, we're taking this to next year's elections, and like national. Liberal how does a, how does a coalition no. work? Like, I mean, and, 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 and especially uh, in this country's context, what we need to do to get this country. I mean, as you said, like, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, we don't have a culture or history of coalitions. Yeah. I mean, we are like not Germany, for example. I mean, in Germany, the last two governments have actually been the grand coalition, mm. two, com two parties that are like so far apart and mm. ideologically. But there is, there is a, but there is a much broader, bigger consensus in society where how they want to like organize a society. Mm. So even though this, this party completely like on an opposite scale yeah but the, but they've got the, like a consensus societal consensus that has, that's been built since the last war when yeah. was 70 years ago i mean britain tried it for five years mm. with the liberal dams and the tory and the tories but what they did there i mean they had a, a legal binding so that's sort of like it would last five years mm. but then the, the smaller party there the liberal dams were told it mm. that when, when the next election came so they they like they went from being i don't know whatever many seats they had to basically having like six or seven yeah. so i don't think that's going to be happening there either that's also because they they don't have like a culture, a culture. of coalitions mm. because that is very confrontational first past the post mm. and they tried it i don't i don't think there's going to be anybody in a rush soon yeah so i think maybe these things do take time maybe maybe we're not no, let's not be too harsh maybe like these issues on pe and swana job work maybe it's, let's look at them as maybe like what what did you call them well, I'm trying to look at the right word, but <laughs> pains or whatever you call yeah, it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, like, I mean, to think we're going to be just going to like flip a coin and these things are going to work when we don't have a culture of doing them. It's a bit unrealistic, I think. So, like, Yana, I mean, we talk to ratings agencies and investors and so on. They're also about policy certainty being the, the policy uncertainty being the real reason why South Africa is the way it is. So is it a case where we have to back one horse in, in South African politics for the time being, and hopefully it's a good horse, whatever? What's your take on, I mean, going into next year and where we're all looking at the possibility yeah. of some coalition? Go yeah, on. I think that's the frust frustrating thing to watch, right? Mm. Is you know, especially people, I don't, I don't particularly care a lot about politics. Yeah. So to watch this going on, and, and as Ignati said, you look at Nelson Mandela Bay, there's this massive cleanup going on. Now all of this gets parked again, mm. just for the for the politicians to yeah. fight it over. And really, we just want people to get on with governing yeah. and, and getting things back on mm. track. I mean, in terms of next year, I think the DA has, um, mm. you know, I think the ANC will probably do better than we think. Mm. I think the DA will, will probably, you know, they've been very good at shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. So I don't think on a national level, we get to a point where we actually <coughs> see coalitions to the same extent. Mm. Um, you know, maybe by 2023, the story mm. looks different. But I think for next year, we're going to have an ANC in power mm. um, and hopefully with actually enough power to, to make difficult policy decisions and to, and to start giving us that stability. Okay. Where were you? 
What do you see in the next in your crystal well, ball? Well, I mean, I think you know it's, it'll be very interesting to see what happens next year. Yeah, because I think that the swing vote that has moved out of the ANC and in towards elsewhere um, is in the middle classes, mm. and I'm not sure that cozying up to the EFF is the right way to get that swing vote to swing back again. Yeah, it could, in fact, alienate some of those. You know, it could drive them to the DA with all its faults mm. and its internal... Uh, or stay away, as they've been doing for the past... You know, who could be voting Julius Malema into power mm. next to or with Cyril Ramaphosa might just, you know, play in the DA's favour. Mm. It's for the election. The two of you, like, wh what are your views? What's... Yes, it I mean, it seems like just not long ago, people were saying, you know, Ramaphosa, Ramaphoria, ANC is going to get two-thirds majority mm. again, and now we're talking coalitions. I wonder, <laughs> mm. I'm, I'm actually quite curious from people who know more about politics than I do, if anything has actually changed. Mm. Yeah, I think the last was it wasn't the last um, ratings we saw was uh. ANC still above 60%. Mm. Um, but yeah, it will be interesting to see what, how it What do, what's your take? How do you see it unfolding next year? Look, uh, the, the DA has really given it all away. Mm. Whatever. They, they until, until Jacob Zuma uh, vacated the, uh, the, 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 or the Gupta compound, yeah. they, were, they, were, they were doing well and mm. then they turned on themselves. Uh, so <laughs> the, the ANC is really going to, uh, to increase its majority. Mm. What I am most what will be most interesting is how the EFF will have done. Think about it. Mm. What do they stand for? The EFF does not that there. They do not want the land. They just the politics around it. They want to polarize society about ar around the land issue. Mm. They're not interested in the land. Mm. I've I've pointed at three inconsistencies already. I can I can go to town and uh, for the next half hour <laughs> tell you. Exactly everything they they, uh, they have been flip flop. Yeah, mm. they stand for absolutely nothing but themselves. Mm. Now I'd love to see how they will now uh, with the w with the municipalities. Yeah. how this is them for for 2019. Unless of course the grand plan is to then fold into the ANC. ANC at some point. Ray, the UK visit. We have uh, the British Prime. Uh, the UK is a different country now, being out of the EU, a much more I mean, desperate uh, country. What, what's your take on uh, the visit to with Ramaphosa? Uh, what's the what's the feeling around their promises and how desperate is UK to establish? Uh, well I think are. desperate enough to actually say, you know, this mm. is what we're doing. Mm. We're going down to meet these three uh, major African countries: yeah. Nigeria, Kenya, South Africa, in order to try and build a post-Brexit uh, trade. Yeah arrangement and I think that's fantastic for us and I hope that we are taking advantage of this desperation mm. to actually drive a good bargain with the UK mm. which could be a substantial trading partner yeah um, post Brexit there's no reason why that should change mm. um, so a very good opportunity here for South Africa I think right now uh, look on you on the I politics of the UK <laughs> I think, like, I mean, obviously, like, it's gonna, this is going to take a while, but we still don't know how Brexit is going to work itself out. And I mean, the UK is still part of the EU and mm -hmm. it's still bound by EU and it still cannot negotiate its own trade 
deals, and we don't even know what kind of transition that will come with the EU. It might just be actually they stay in the EU, they only leave the EU only name. So in the, in the end of the day, but there's no downside for us because we, we still have a trade deal with the UK now due to its membership of the EU. Mm. So I mean, there's no downside from us, except of course if, if there is like a chaotic thing and suddenly like our trade deal with them like becomes invalid because they're no longer part of the EU mm -hmm. and we don't have enough time to replace it. Because if you think they're going to have to like negotiate like 60 deals if there was a crash. Yeah. So I doubt South Africa is going to be the first one on the top of the list. You know? mm -hmm. so, so, so there are dangers in that, in that, in that level. I mean obviously we, our hope is that what we should hope they actually manage their own Brexit process. Like wow. sort of well and <laughs> and and and, and uh, also competently, mm -hmm. so that actually there isn't out for us. And, and then longer term, there might be opportunities, and there should be because it's a, it's a long-standing relationship we've had with the Britons. Yeah. Yeah. You know, trade deals don't get negotiated in a day. Yeah. I think with the the existing EU trade agreement, that, that took about ten years to finalise. Mm. Um, and I don't think we'll ultimately see a very different deal with the UK yeah. on its own. Mm -hmm. um, and South Africa was a very tough negotiator on, on that EU deal. Yeah. Um, so I, I expect they'll try and manoeuvre, maybe gain a little bit more ground, but ultimately <coughs> to, to what the current agreement it is like. It would be interesting, like, as I said, if, they, if, if let's just assume they have fallen out and they are doing 60, 70 trade deals, they're going to be in such a rush to do these trade deals so yeah. we can basically demand whatever we want. They won't... Welcome back as we con uh, continue this week's discussions. Uh, big story this week. Marcus Juster is going to come before Parliament next week. Well, finally, uh, like of the eight, nine months been waiting for this to, to happen. Uh, Jana, what do you expect next week from this? Uh, and I understand there's going to be limits to what MPs can ask, can ask the, the big fish, but yeah. uh, what, uh, what do you think of next week's development? I think the, m the most exciting thing is probably going to, to be to see him in the flesh. Yeah. I doubt he's going to tell us anything mm. um, interesting. I mean, you see Heather Son and some of the other Steinhoff people in Parliament today. Mm. And, uh, you know, the investigations are not finalised. There are a whole lot of legal cases pending. So I, d I doubt we're really going to get to the bottom of what's happened mm. until at least December when we're hoping to see that forensic investigative report. Mm. So I doubt, I think Marcus will have a lot of no comments when yeah. he's actually in parliament but i think it's good that he's finally going to be there and at so least what can, at so what least can you also what, what what can what can he give us yeah he well he said he said i think the agreement is that he he will um he can't there's a whole lot of things obviously he can't talk about because he you know he has these legal cases yes. pending mm. um and he um there's <laughs> the of um because he's no longer with Steinhoff, you yeah. know, he left in December. Mm. So I think there's a lot that's happened since then, and you yeah. can't comment on the existing situation yeah. and, and the investigation. So, so frankly, I don't see what he can actually tell us. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's going to be a lot of answers coming from him. Yeah, and Ray, do you, do you see a lot of stalling there happening in yeah. Parliament where just like no comment? I think, I think the deal is that he won't answer any difficult questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, which is a little bit disappointing. You know, Parliament should actually be playing a much more aggressive role. Mm. And to have only now got around to hauling him before the committee, mm. they could have done this way before all these cases happened. Yeah. They could have reacted to the collapse mm. of Steinhoff with a little more urgency. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, people's money got lost mm. in pension funds and 
voters and so on. I mean, the, you know, the now it's become mired in a whole bunch of court cases. It's become complicated, mm. and Parliament sort of added itself on to that at the end, yeah. which seems a little bit disappointing. Yeah. What are you expecting, guys, next week? I'm I'm expecting Marcus Yoste to to just go there and sit back and say, I can't talk about that, you know. Mm. <laughs> 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 yeah. Except, really, what is the whole purpose of this parliamentary hearing? Mm. There was a crime committed by or maybe by or, or not by Marcus Yoste at Steinhoff, which mm. defrauded a whole lot of things and cost people 200 billion rand. Where are the law enforcement agencies? Mm. Whatever parliament will do will only end up in a recommendation. They'll compile a fat report that will only have recommendations. It will be uh, resolutions by parliament. But here's what is necessary here? But here's the genius of Marcus and, and Steinhoff. All this, like, listing, where's it, where's it, where's it uh, Frankfurt listed, right? Yeah. Domiciled in, uh, in, in the Netherlands. Netherlands. And then here. Yeah, so all these different, there's, there's three legal cases. It almost, almost gives them protection. Almost he has his opportunity. The, the whole thing here, there's an accounting fraud. Yeah. And who's ultimate bears responsibility now for prosecuting? Now, the Germans have been investigating this yes. for, for four years. Mm -hmm. They still are not anywhere Any near charging yes. anybody. The Dutch are do the same, right? I don't know what the Dutch are doing. And then there's us. Uh, the, 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 the South Africans, of course, are doing nothing. And, and uh, Parliament uh, <laughs> tries to be seen to be doing something, yet it is doing exactly nothing. Uh, a year ago, we had a similar commission on ASCOM. Mm. Mm. What has happened since? We're having two commissions here, one in our building. Again, they will all come to the same conclusion, that recommendations. Mm. Yet, nobody is in doubt whatsoever that a lot of crimes, including treason, in the, in the case of the state, has been committed. Where are the law enforcement agencies? Marcus Yoste will go there and say, I can't talk about that, I'm, I'm not going to incriminate myself. Yet, there is no legal case anywhere. So if, if, if we had parliamentarians that were worth the title, they would stand up and say, excuse me, there is no legal case anywhere. I'm asking you a question. What did you do on that day and before? The day you were chief executive of Steinhoff and, and before you resigned, what happened? What were you apologizing for in, mm. in those text messages? Mm. Why did you resign? You cannot say mm. th th there's anything sub to decay. There's no case anywhere. Now, that's another story again. Why is there no case? Yeah. But there is the Christo Visa suing him. And yeah. That's a civil matter. Yeah. Are you talking about criminal, 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 criminal yeah. case? Yeah. Yeah. Th th that's a civil matter. Christo Visa looking for his 59 billion rand. Actually, Christo Visa should be on the dock. <laughs> together what? with Marcus Yoste, answering, so? answering to a, to, to a charge. Well, they were trying to find a, a, like a reason. to a criminal charge. There's a what? fraud. For he signed off, off on those all those accounts as chairman of the company. Mm. Mm. The auditors, the board of directors, the, the best board we ever had in the, anybody yes. ever had in this country, sat there. Very clever people. They saw nothing. Mm. They should be on the dock with him being charged with fraud. Mm. Parliament is only going to provide a resolution about where regulations failed. Yeah. Mm. What is the whole point mm. of this whole of this case? Mm. He might as well sit home and tell them I'm not coming and easy.
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you know. <laughs> how to, but I won't use that word, really. <laughs> <laughs> but word. at least there's a like, there's a semblance of well of accountability here. There's the first time. We, I mean, we, we, as you say, December this thing unfolded, and now it's uh, almost a, a year in, and we'll have the opportunity to sit to have what him sitting in the form. What can we get well out of this? Hmm. Yeah, Absolutely I mean, I nothing. There is another case yeah. as well, which uh, you know, which is worth raising, which mm. was. There were very good hearings in Parliament on the SABC. Yes, they were excellent, yeah. You know, they mm. were riveting. And what did they give us? And Mokosi Kosa uh, was brilliant mm. as an mm. ANC yes. MP. She was prepared. And, sh and But nobody the has... Outcome? There's been no criminal right? investigation. Correct. Except, wait, the outcome, outcome signals that I don't brilliant see SABC change, yeah. the entire board the gone, the entire new management. That was the end of uh, who was it? Uh, did finish the cloudy Mozanay? Yeah, it did era. finish yeah. cloudy. That was a full yeah. stop on yeah. cloudy. Right? I beg to differ. Cloudy was already uh, cloudy was already on his knees. Faith Mutambi was already on her knees. Jacob Zuma was on his knees. They had lost uh, power effectively. Not yet. He pa was still ANC president the then. Right? Yes, he, he was still president. Was going, but the whole him. ANC had revolted against him. The whole ANC at Lutuli House and the caucus, then they were able to drag the matter to parliament. Now, what outcome did we get out of that process? Do you even know what the recommendations were? Uh, it just marked an end of a chapter. And, and for <laughs> Do you know what it the did mark an end were? of a Claudi Muzoneng chapter? Yes. Wh whatever the case may um, be. Yeah, Claudi wait, was I, I dragged to parliament only because Jacob Zuma could no longer prevent yes. him being dragged there. Yes. What did we get out of that expensive hearing? So we say, okay, moving on, we, we have the Zondo Commission here, we have the SARS Commission. All these commissions and all these. Are they just like uh, you see? I think that we've got on the sidelines, we need to, to not be negative about the commission. Yes. The fact that the criminal justice system fails to bring charges and to take action mm. against these things when they're exposed is a, is a separate matter. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a very good thing that the voters of South Africa yeah. get to stare into the abyss and see what happened with state capture, what happened at the SABC. What happened at Steinhoff, mm. it empowers people to actually have this information. It might influence the way they vote, for example, or you know, take action in their, in their lives or make investment decisions. Mm. So I think they're very good things and it's, it's, it's very healthy to ventilate this stuff yeah. in detail. The fact that it doesn't, you know, the criminal justice system mm. is incapable, even when the facts are shoved before it in great volume, of doing anything about it is a scandal. Before, before we get sick on that skeptical view, I want to add my own optimistic <laughs> view. <laughs> you know, as somebody who's been out of the country for 10 years, it's been a great education. And like, so if anything else, uh, it's, 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 it's getting me up to speed since, 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 you, since you were living. Well, welcome, sir. We should send the bill to the editor's so, like, so, office. So, so, so it has we basically achieved something. <laughs> we we, should, send, we yeah. should, should I guess send what it does as well, as you say, is part of it. Now we know we have to fix the, our Hawks, our NPA, and so on. This is a central... We have to fix this part, this part of, of, of uh, uh, this institution within the, within right. the country. This, this band here yes. uh, says I'm in the hearings mm. upstairs. Yes. So without indeed impugning the personal integrity of the Honorable Judge Zondo and indeed uh, Judge Nugent in Pretoria on the SARS matter, the reality of the matter is that we will get Nothing. However, wait, wait, wait. Recommendations. Wait, Sikunaz. Uh, we, we disagree with this. At least we have historical. Some as it's been aired out. 
if there was no commission right now, if there was no commissions happening in this country right now, if Marcus Juste wasn't being brought forward parliament, what would we all be in the dark just like l l sitting on conspiracy? We are, we are right? very so much in the be. light now about what's happening. Yeah, it, at yeah? Least. Now we know the next step is Great. Uh, Yana, NPA. Ju just right? like we did have those long truth and reconciliation commission hearings and people were identified having committed crimes yes. and no one was ever brought to book. Uh, just just like for the past 25 years, and Ray is, is very optimistic, so am I. Yeah. Indeed, for the past 24, 25 years, we've been uh, reading and knowing about Manjaji corruption. Are you saying TRC was, was useless for this country's uh, steps uh, beyond 94? Are you, are you saying Th TRC was That's a not different topic that needs a whole you've hour. Raised, no, you've raised it. You've, you've <laughs> put on the table here, yes, and I'm about yes, to say, even yes, though the... Yes. So are you saying TRC Th was not worth it? That's the answer, yes. Okay. That's a, that is a topic for another day. We, we have to be moving to Lucanio, resilient, and what's been going on around resilience. I mean, uh, Business Day has been constantly on this case. Yana and Lucanio, you guys are uh, running the Business Day. What's going on resilient, and, and, and what's going on with within that property company? Yeah. I mean, it's been an interesting one as well. Like it happened before my time, so I've also been catching up. But, but, but I think the, the most interesting development really here is, is the fact that suddenly you have all these fund managers. I mean, these are all big names, you know, from the PIC yeah. to Investec to... Because normally these kind of things get done behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the fact that for a change, I mean, you've got old mutual today. It, like, it seems like you know, the big names there are actually de developing some kind of moral spine. Mm. And I, th I think that's quite a positive one. Mm. And also with these companies, I mean, this company is more than just a name. Like, you know, the property is one of those things that everybody sort of seems to think that mm. they should be invested in. So yeah. Yeah, I, I can imagine most people who are reading this or who are watching us have some kind of like stake in these companies because property has always been seen as a, as a shop bet, mm. uh, maybe other than gold or something yeah. like you know, uh, mm. uh, traditionally in this country. Mm. So I think it's an important story, not just as a corporate story that's out there, but, yeah. but, but for people out there at home who are actually have in, who are invested Yana, yeah. like property? Yeah. No, I think it also comes back to the point you made earlier about certainty. You know, mm. the, the fact that this investigation, these investigations into insider trading yeah. and share price manipulation and things, you know, it's also been going on for months. Mm. And you're getting no updates from, from the JSE. There's nothing coming out of the financial services um, conduct sector, authority. conduct authority, yeah. thank <laughs> you. Um, and, and, you know, there's it's been seven, eight months. Yeah. Um, and this issue has weighed actually on the entire property sector, which is one of the big underperformers this year. You know, these things have an impact beyond just the, the specific yeah, companies company. that mm. are, and, and really we need to jack up those skills in terms of forensic and, and complex financial investigations, not only in the AUKS and the NPA, yes, but, but also in, in, in some of the other regulatory bodies. Yeah. And I think, mm. so just to add to what Yana said, I mean, the last 10 years, obviously, last few years, it's all been about state capture, mm. wrongdoing by government. Mm. And I yeah. think like maybe people in business have gotten away with it a little bit because yeah. we haven't really yeah. <laughs> a great more than a little bit <laughs> yes exactly a great deal yeah. exactly because yeah. these fund managers these mm. guys that are now suddenly finding a, a spine yes. to stand up and mm. say except again they are still begging should I if they knew what rights they have as shareholders only 10 percent of shareholders of that company can uh, write and force a board meeting mm. and propose resolutions mm. instead of them begging uh, the resilient and, uh, and and those guys to to please play open cards with us please tell us what happened they should be enforcing their rights uh, insist on a, on, on a shareholders meeting yeah. and 10 percent of shareholders can just uh, put uh, uh, agenda uh, proposed resolutions and the board will call uh, will, will call the meeting and the resolution should be we will institute a forensic investigations 
here are the terms of reference. Yeah. We as shareholders demand that. They are not doing that. Thank uh, you. Th 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 thanks for that, Sigino. So maybe that's a story of just how small a city Johannesburg really is. And uh, thank you for joining us this evening. Uh, we'll see you next week.